Welcome to another episode of Complete Developer Podcast, the podcast by coders for coders about all aspects of creating your best life as a developer. I'm Will, the accomplished developer and aspiring software architect. And I'm Beach, the journeyman developer sharing my journey in development. Complete Developer Podcast is supported by listeners like you. We are now on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash complete developer podcast. You make one little change in your LinkedIn profile and get flooded with recruiter emails. We've all been there. When you're looking for a job, this is great, but it can get annoying fast. Even worse is when you're looking, but get all the wrong types of offers or get recruiters contacting you about jobs you don't want or aren't even qualified to do. Most of the time, this can be alleviated with some simple updates to your profile. We've brought in career coach and IO psychologist Amber Beam to talk with us about five mistakes we, including Will and myself, are making on LinkedIn. And we're both really excited about this episode just because it's going to help us out as well. But before we get started, Will, what have you been fighting this week? I am in writing purgatory right now. (laughs) All I'm doing is writing. And that's it. (laughs) So how about you, Amber? Yeah, for me, things have been um, really intense as well. I've um, actually been in the middle of a really big launch for my small group coaching program, and I've gotten some amazing people to sign up, and I'm excited for actually starting the program. Um, Actually, by the time this airs, we'll probably be through, and uh, I'll be able to tell you all the success stories the next time we talk. That sounds absolutely awesome. Guys, I am stressed. I think I've already said it in the live, but my laptop is acting up. Uh, The battery won't hold a charge. Uh, It still works when plugged in, though I can't charge the battery. Also, the fan is running constantly on high, and I'm really hoping that you guys can't hear this in the background, but I can definitely hear it. Also, I've been so slammed lately. School's a bit more this semester, and I'm kind of fighting just to stay caught up with uh, everything, especially after getting behind on editing and recording over the holidays. Loving my new place though, um, but the move and the issues we've had recording and having to re-record certain episodes has also been a bit stressful. Like this is our second attempt at this episode because of technical difficulties on the first one. You know, it's, it's growing pains. It's growing pains. Now in happier news, I got my headshots back from the photographer at CodeMash. They look really good. I'm happy with them. Uh, The creative group that I'm in at church didn't meet this past week because we were preparing for Dream Team or the Volunteer Appreciation Night. Uh, That was really awesome. Great food, no onions, great friends, and this really awesome 14-minute parody um, that was just hilarious. Uh, Since we didn't have group, though, I was creative on my own and... uh, Got to do a little bit of painting. I haven't done much painting in... Well, I haven't painted anything in probably about five or six years, and I haven't done any oils in at least 10, maybe more years. So it was really cool to get get to do that. Uh, Speaking of creative, I've got something artistic and creative for IOTs. Stanza is an internationally recognized artist who's been exhibiting worldwide since 1984. His art focuses on participatory system, the city. 
He represents the city through real-time environmental data, surveillance, and security data, news, and real-time information systems. It's really neat. His themes include the urban landscape, surveillance culture, and the real-time city. He uses networked IoT devices to explore concepts of the behaviors, activities, and changing information. He works by bringing data from the outside to the inside, then presenting it back out again. His work focuses on the now and the present moment that we live in all the time. It's about patterns and systems within the city. And it's really cool. You should definitely check it out. I'll have a link to some of his work in the show notes. Will, who's talking to us this week? Well, we got a tweet from Munch. Says at Complete Dev Pod, I've listened to the cost of your commute. It was super awesome. Helped me a lot deciding what to do next. Thanks. Thanks so much. Really glad it was helpful for you. We'll put a lot of effort into that one and was rather passionate about it. That's something that, uh, that he definitely feels a lot, uh, a lot about. I don't have as much of an issue with the commute because uh, I ride the bus when I do have to go in. So. But send us a DM with your contact information because we've got a complete developer water bottle just for you. And guys, if you'd like your very own complete developer water bottle, leave us a review in iTunes or comment on the website or any of our social media. We post all of our episodes to Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and we used to post to Google+, but they stopped doing that. We're also on Instagram and Tumblr. Also, check us out each week on Facebook and YouTube Live where we talk about what's going on in the tech world and answer a few listener questions. Or you can join the conversation anytime via Slack by going to slack.completedevelopernetwork.com. Navigating the world of online resumes and social media can be daunting. LinkedIn has made it much easier to keep yourself in front of the people you want viewing your resume, but it also has its own rules and etiquette. Many of us, ourselves included, make simple mistakes in how we handle our profiles that can cost us great opportunities. Amber Beam is here to talk about the five mistakes she's seen when helping people just like you. Amber is a career coach for women in STEM who want to land their dream job, transition to a new field, or score a promotion. For nearly 15 years as an IO psychologist in HR, she helped executives design and implement corporate programs to attract, develop, and retain STEM professionals. Now she's flipping the script and sharing those secrets with you. Whether you're looking to score more work-life balance, jumping into a completely new field, or eyeing the corner office, Amber will show you how to promote your skills with authenticity and authority to land the most coveted jobs on and off the market. Now, while her focus is on coaching women, the tips that she's going to share with us are useful no matter your gender or identity. So we want to welcome Amber. Uh, The first question that I like to ask all of our guests is sort of about how they got started and what they're passionate about. So Amber, what first got you interested in career coaching? I think it started when I decided I was going to pursue an IO graduate degree. Um, IO psychology is basically the science of um, the application of psychology principles in the workplace. And what's so cool about it is all of these like Freudian things and behavioral carrots and sticks all play out in the workplace too, which is why it makes for good TV. That's probably why The Office ran with Steve Carell for so long, (laughs) is that there's just a lot of fun, like interesting human dynamics, right? Um, And Mm -hmm. I was very interested in that that idea of the, the world's best job and how to get more people to actually like their job, love their job even. That sounds really awesome. So, 
We've got a really awesome announcement. We are doing a Patreon drive for everyone at the $5 or above level. Basically, if you're in the Facebook group, we're going to have a special Facebook Live where Amber will give away a LinkedIn makeover to one of our Patreon members. Uh, to be entered to win the LinkedIn makeover, you have to become a $5 member or above on Patreon before next Thursday or April 11, 2019. The live makeover will be scheduled later in the month. Um, the exact date will be announced in the Facebook group once the winner has been notified. If you are already a $5 or above member, you can still get in on this just by raising your membership to the next level. So Amber, there is something that you want everyone to do before getting started in any changes that they're going to make to their LinkedIn profile. Absolutely. Before you get too excited, before you start to change your headline or add a new photo, before you do anything I'm about to say, I want you to turn off the sharing profile edits in your settings. It's under the settings and privacy note so that your network isn't constantly pinged with the changes that you're making. Right. So the first time that we recorded this episode, um, I had done that. But at some point, I was playing around with my profile while we were talking, and I hit the toggle that said to recruiters that I was looking. And it wasn't on for very long, but I got three or four emails that night that we recorded. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I had to politely explain, no, I'm sorry, I'm not looking. One of them is one that I had, had talked to before, and she was like, I got so excited when I saw that you were looking. Aww. I was like, oh... I appreciate that. I feel really honored, but no, I'm, I, we were doing this episode. And she's like, that sounds really awesome. I look forward to it. So you're in high demand. So let's go ahead. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's go ahead and get started with, uh, with the very first mistake. So mistake number one is using your job description for your headline. And it's a pretty common mistake. Um, so don't feel bad. Don't beat yourself up. But that's what you're doing. But this is the really, really good uh, real estate on LinkedIn. And you want your headline to be personal, but also SEO friendly, but also keyword search rich, but also <laughs> see there are a lot of things your headline needs to do for you. I think first and foremost that just using your job description is a little dull, but it's also not giving an indicator to someone like what's so great about your piece of that profession. So let's say you're in international development. We'll be just a little more specific and say, I'm on a mission to make access to clean water a reality in this specific part of the world, or I specialize in disaster relief. Really make your headline as compelling as possible. In fact, it should kind of sound like your brand statement. And if you've done any uh, personal branding or worked with someone who does a lot of personal branding, you probably worked on a brand statement. Use that here. Just also make sure that the exact phrase that the recruiters who are after beach are going to be inputting are going to find <laughs> you. You know, they're going to see that same keyword search when they go to look because you use that in your headline. It should be really focused on 
also like what the hiring manager cares about. So if there's a specific program or software, if there's a specific um, UX piece or anything like highly specialized that you're interested in, even if you haven't done it a lot, you could certainly add that to get a little more attention from people who are interested in those folks. Uh, so I'm looking at mine and Will's profiles and uh, we both list the podcast. Yeah. Uh, I host it and Will co-hosts it according to... <laughs> Yeah, I was a little more humble. <laughs> Surprising absolutely no one. <laughs> um, I have some of my certifications, and I have that I'm a grad student on there. Uh, Will lists that he's an author, a speaker, and then he does have his job title. I do say, I don't have my job title, but I do have what I do, uh, web developer on there. So, yeah, I mean, I don't remember if we changed these because of the last good. time we took it to record or not, but <laughs> I know I, yeah, I, I know I did make a few changes to, uh, to mine, um, based on what we went through. Yeah, I think I did on mine as well. I just don't remember which one. I, I know that I need to work on that headline still. Um, so that seems kind of like the sort of stuff I would have put off. Yeah. And I would say that's like the best place to spend your time. And in fact, that brings up a really great segue to you're going to um, be able to download my free step-by-step -step LinkedIn headline sheet sheet at amberbeam.com slash CDP. And I think you guys are going to put a link in the show notes as well. So yes. you can head over there and grab that. It's really easy. It's like a three or four points that you kind of walk yourself through and just some prompts to help you kind of think about it. But if you can only do one thing, um, headline is definitely, you know, like in real estate, they say location, location, location. In LinkedIn, it's just headline, headline, headline. That makes perfect sense because that's like when I came to Will's page, the very first thing I see below the really old picture of him <laughs> with long hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was... Uh, when did we do that? That was like 2015. Yeah, it's been a while because that was the beard and the hair got longer after yeah, that. So, but uh, the first thing I notice is is that, and if people are just glancing, that's what they're going to see. So, yeah, that makes perfect sense. So, I guess we're ready for mistake number two. Mistake number two is treating LinkedIn like your resume. The resume is really this eight and a half by 10 sheet of paper, right? And it's very formal, very professional. And so maybe you think that LinkedIn should be that way too. Nope. LinkedIn actually thrives on a conversational tone. So there's no like third party, like the WWE, where people talk about themselves in the third party. LinkedIn is all about I statements and personality, right? And again, you want to continue using words that appear in the job listing, um, things that come up in the keyword search. Try to take um, yourself out of the applicant seat and sit in the recruiter seat. What's the first two or three phrases that she would type in to find somebody like you. Those are definitely the kinds of things you want to see in your job listings and, you know, throughout all of the pieces in your LinkedIn. And the conversational part, bringing personality here, it's absolutely fine to write your accomplishments like a story or to tell um, 
you know, if you've heard of the STAR method, the situation, task, action, results, um, you've probably been told to use that in interviews. You can use that here on LinkedIn too, but in a conversational way, it gives somebody a lot of context around the scope of work that you do, the type of people that you work with. And it, it's a really nice way, I was telling somebody just the other day, to make yourself the hero of every story. <laughs> if you write using the STAR method, you're always the one saving the day. And nothing's easier for a recruiter to fall in love with than a hero, right? Right. That makes sense. So I, it makes me sad because I'm really, really good with the royal <laughs> And yeah. you will have to share your paycheck with those folks if you use that language. <laughs> <laughs> so it's very yeah. important to talk about you, 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 you. This is the only place where uh, your mother was not right. People do want to hear you talk about yourself. <laughs> well, I'm good at talking about myself, but I'm good at referring to myself as we. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I we'll can't really disagree with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, back in college, Will and I used to uh, to write for the underground newsletter, and uh, my moniker was uh, our handle, I guess, was King Beach, and I wrote everything as uh, it was it was all parody, and I wrote it all as uh, royal edicts about like I was parodying like rules and stuff of the university, so it was. It was fun. I used the royal we a lot back in those days. <laughs> but uh, now, what what you you said reminded me of when I first got started because um, I hadn't really used LinkedIn much uh, in medicine and stuff. Like it was it was a great way to connect with people, but still being in school, it really wasn't something that I was on and thought a lot about. So when I got out of that world and into development, Will wrote me a really great um, recommendation. But what threw me off is he already knew this. And so his recommendation starts off introducing himself. And then he talks about me and it's very, like, very informal, very conversational. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think that's going to go over well. Like it needs to be like all formal and stuff because that's what, you know, I'm used to academia. And so like, I, I remember that throwing me off and I'm like, all right, well, you know what? I'm just whatever. That's his style. I'm going to leave it as it is. Uh, you know, hopefully it won't hurt me probably won't help me, but actually it's, it's done me a lot of good. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's pretty consistent with, um, just LinkedIn in general, you know, it's not too stuffy, even though it's a clearly professional site. Um, mm -hmm. you know, their key initiative is for you to make connections and for, um, those connections to grow into opportunities. It wasn't until, you know, they, they've, started focusing on selling um, the job opportunities and listing the ads and things that, that it got to be something else. But in the beginning, it really was just about connecting. And I think there's a lot to be said with that as the starting culture. Um, and mm -hmm. I agree. I don't think um, many, I think many people would be uncomfortable just as you were Beach with an informal kind of tone in a recommendation, but referrals and recommendations, again, it's storytelling. So if a recruiter reads something and just immediately identifies like, Oh, I see they, you know, there was this connection and they overcame this challenge or they were able to, um, reach consensus. All of those things are really nice to say informally. It doesn't have to be this super stiff. We worked on a project. It started on Tuesday. We met every deadline. All of our budgets were in line and 
Beach made sure we finished on time. Like, <laughs> you know, that's not very, right. it's definitely not thrilling. <laughs> and it's not going to be memorable either. So um, I, would get, I would gander to say that people have probably read um, Will's recommendation and thought, wow, I bet this guy's a nice guy, or I'd like to hang out with him, or um, I bet that's worth a conversation. And that's, that's a wonderful thing to have, you know, just pique somebody's interest. That's a great recommendation. Definitely, uh, definitely the conversation. I don't know about nice guy from what Will writes about, yeah. you know. <laughs> I was going to say, now let's, uh, let's, let's not push this too far. Let's not make me a liar. Uh, <laughs> no, but I mean, and I've been writing uh, recommendations for other people. Like I'm slowly doing that when I get time. Obviously, the time is a little bit limited at the moment and trying to do uh, that same kind of thing, you know, where you, you tell the story and you go, you know, here's how I met this person here was my work experience with them. Here's, you know, here's what they bring to the table and trying to kind of make that more real. And it, it really does help. And I feel like that's something that developers are especially weak on. So if you can jump out there for the people you really respect and do that for them. Absolutely. Yeah, that's And huge. I think that's, this is a great segment to say, you know, if you want to get more recommendations, give recommendations. So start by, you know, trying to give one or two a week. And then as you do that, you're going to see that come back to you probably two or three fold because people are going to tell other people and then suddenly everybody's endorsing everybody. And as long as it's genuine and you're, you're not fibbing, <laughs> then that, that is the right use of that tool. Awesome. So like, I, I like that. That's, that makes it a little easier for a lot of people because um, trying to think in that corporate speak isn't really easy. Yeah. And I don't think it, it comes off as genuine. No. I mean, I think people want to know, like, you know, I, I like to tell my clients that the interview is basically about a manager getting to know if they could be stuck with you in an airport. They, they're, they already know that you have technical skills, that you're absolutely just as qualified as the other four people they're going to bring in for the interview. But it's that genuine, like human to human kind of thing that they're, they're testing out that you could only test out in real life. And that's what a good recommendation should feel like. Like, um, like an employee of the quarter award. What would you write somebody up for employee of the quarter? You know, like, oh, just a glowing recommendation of how they did this, that, and that. It wouldn't be, you know, this weird robotic kind of thing. So I definitely think that's um, a good, a good method. Um, kudos to you, Will. So moving on, mistake number three. Yes, mistake number three is visuals, visuals, visuals. Now, even though LinkedIn, again, feels very professional, um, they've made all of these additions so that you can add your work experience and show a recruiter like visually what you do. So I think here is a good place to add a slide share, a blog post, um, anything that you do, like you guys, anything in connection to the podcast that you could show would be great because we're just programmed now as we're scrolling on social media to stop for something visual. And recruiters are no different <laughs> if you want to play the game and get in there and get more than six seconds of the goldfish attention that you're allowed to get from the recruiter. That's what it's going to take. You're going to have to catch their eye. So use eye-catching um, photos. Try to use um, 
pictures of yourself if you've given a talk or if you've done some type of event where people have recorded your talk, that would be amazing to share something like that. But if you don't have that, think about um, a slideshow or some type of visual representation of your work. It's just a really nice way to break up the page and to get an idea of what's happening in um it has like a realistic preview for the recruiter. They can actually see your work product. Now, how would you, uh, you know, since you mentioned the podcast, as far as like a work product, how would you go about doing that for something that's audio? I think you guys could probably pull something from iTunes. I mean, you could probably pull a couple of your reviews or you could pull um, a couple of screenshots, even maybe a screenshot of the header that has um, the name and the summary. And then a couple of those reviews, um, social proof, you know, it's not just Will and I talking to each other. <laughs> People actually listen to our show. People are participating actively and appreciate what we're bringing to them. And all of that is, you know, outside the scope of our work. It's because of our commitment to the craft. I think that it says a, it says a lot. What about, um, and I used to do this and I kind of, I stopped blogging as much, um, put more focus in, in the podcast, but, uh, like I, I've got a few articles that I posted to LinkedIn. I don't know if this qualifies as visual, but where, where does that stand? What are your thoughts on that and any tips for those? Yeah. Cause I think like writing an article is something that, uh, a lot of people can do like you can you can sit down and talk about your experience doing something. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. And again, if you have a way to connect to it, because things are moving along in real time, you might not be able to come back to it. But you know, screenshot it, screenshot it and maybe show the number of comments you had. Or if you had a particularly interesting interaction with someone um, where you discuss the article, or if um, maybe a group picked up the article or someone um, published it to, you know, their LinkedIn page, that would be interesting as well. It's again, it's sort of like, um, Social proof, street cred in in um in an online world. Oh, there's two more things I had under visuals. Oh my. Uh, one, the background picture, which I think we did talk about before for both of you guys. Did, I'm curious, did either of you make changes to your background photo? Oh, I don't know if Not I changed it yet. <laughs> yes, yes, okay. I did. I changed it. Oh yeah. Because uh, I had before, um, I had the really neat picture I'd taken of the Raspberry Pi where um, looking through the uh, uh, where you're looking <laughs> through the magnifying glass and you can actually see the the Raspberry Pi logo on the board. But I changed that to one of the pictures from CodeMash that is actually of me in front of a group of people speaking. Now, the only problem is it's a really great Perfect. photo is that I my talk was about dealing with failure and development. So on the screen, <laughs> all you see is failure, failure. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a really great conversation starter in your summary. Yeah. Like you might, you might say something, some type of quip or, um, you know, some, something uh, smart about failure and failure is important or I don't, I don't fail. Uh, 
I don't fail. I just succeed slowly or, you know, I'm sure there's like a nice little quote around failure that you could probably put in your summary someplace. Despite what my background picture says, I don't believe in failure or what's, you know, something like that. <laughs> but I do love that you took the initiative to like put something up about, you know, that you were speaking, you're in front of a crowd. That's mm. a lot of authority. That's a lot of trust. That's a position of complete gravitas, right? Mm. Um, and this, it doesn't have to be, you were at a conference necessarily. I mean, how often are you in front of a whiteboard with your team? So have somebody s snap a picture of you during that, you know, or if you've been brainstorming or um, wireframing, or you've got some work product, you could also do that. So don't feel like um, for those of you who don't have a podcast and aren't speaking all the time that I'm only giving advice for those who do. <laughs> I just want you to know that if that's not working for you, there are other options. And I always say clarity trumps clever. Um, in, in, except maybe in Beach's case, I think the failure thing is going to get him a lot of attention when he's ready. Because <laughs> it's clear yeah. the minute he turns on the signal, the recruiters are pouncing. Um, so I, I think it's funny that you said that about the whiteboard because, um, there's this picture that went around my office uh, about a year or two ago of it was me and our senior architect. We were working on the whiteboard, uh, planning out a project, and uh, I had stepped around to the corner to uh, to grab an eraser, and uh, someone snapped a picture with their phone because it looked like I was standing in the corner and the architect was sitting there with his arms crossed <laughs> staring at me. <laughs> nice. And so they, they captioned it with, nobody puts baby in a corner <laughs> unless you're Cody. He put BJ there. <laughs> well, it could be worse. I mean, like my coworkers have got this, they photoshopped me into a picture of a Amish baseball game. Oh like when I had the beard, they put my head in there. <laughs> I could put that up there. Yeah, you should. That would be hilarious. Conversation starter, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah. For sure. I like your commitment to the game. Yes, if you get a recruiter saying that, you might need to be suspicious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's see. The other um, visual I wanted to make sure I mentioned was your headshot photo. And since Beach brought this up at the beginning, having a professional headshot done is an excellent investment. But if you can't do that, just please, please, please promise you won't do any beach shots, wedding shots. This should really be you in business attire with a nice, warm, friendly smile. Um, and if you're not sure what to wear, just dress according to the dress code in your industry. So for tech, it might be a little less formal, right? You might get away with a hoodie. That might be cool. Or if you're on business development teams and they expect you to wear a three-piece suit, you should be in a three-piece suit for your headshot. It's just really important to look professional. And if possible, just try to have the best lighting that you can. Um, and a really warm smile goes a long way. Unless you can get David Neal to draw you, because that is that is a big thing in the industry right now. Cool. Like everywhere I yeah. look, um, he even one of my mentors. Ah! He even posted about it on Twitter. He was at a conference and someone had turned his drawing into their personal brand stickers. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So my. My Twitter and LinkedIn um, photo is the, it's like a headshot. It's just my face, uh, but it's the, the picture of me that he drew. Very so, cool. Yeah, it's, it's really neat. Um, he's an awesome guy too, by the way. <laughs> yeah. um, 
And Will Will's looks very professional. It was from the photo shoot we did when we first started the podcast. Well, if you refresh it now, it's not that same picture because oh, oh, <laughs> I you fixed ooh. that. You had to while go we were talking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because uh, I actually had a professional headshot done, and I completely oh. forgot it. Not bad, dude. Like not bad. Uh, yeah. The, so the, I, I think <laughs> just you look better with the beard, bro. I mean, like, uh, like the the beard you got now, just the short beard. It it looks better on your face. I mean. Not saying you have an ugly face, but you know. Yeah, you are. I have. I have. Let's be honest. Yeah, that was. I mean, you know, totally. I have a beard, but I used to look like this. <laughs> that's that's true. Uh, yeah, you guys can't see it. I I, I found some uh, some proofs of uh, photos taken in college and just showed it to him. Uh, me beardless. So yeah. Well, at least you didn't say, you know, "Will, don't put a beach picture oh up my. there" because somebody will call Greenpeace. <laughs> oh man. You know. Oh, we got another no, one no, beached. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, All right. There could be worse. So, so speaking of uh, next mistakes, mistake number four. Mistake number four is ignoring the first impression stuff. So sometimes you get really caught up in fixing your headline, changing your headshot, and you forget to do those really basic things like update your location. That's really, 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 really important because the recruiter is most likely going to be hunting by geographic location. So for me, she's going to type in Washington, D.C. For you guys, it's Nashville. But she's going to say... Okay, within this geographic area, I'm looking for people who have this skill, right? So that's an easy fix. Um, easy first impression stuff number two is to have 50 to 100 connections. Now, don't just turn on that crazy auto connect feature that LinkedIn offers, which I don't know why they even offer it. It's not good. It makes a bad impression and don't use it. So just pretend what? it doesn't exist. I didn't even know it did exist. So. so like when you first pop on or if you haven't been on in a while, it'll say, do you want to connect everybody you've ever known since kindergarten in your contacts? Don't do it. <laughs> you oh, I want guess I to send personalized connection messages. Don't mass add people. Oh, that makes sense. I, I guess that, that applies more if um, you, you don't call your contact list. Yes, it, it could be embarrassing. There could be yeah. exes from your past, 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 past. There could be former bosses. There could be coworkers, which with you have zero intention of ever speaking to again. <laughs> so it's just best to make personalized connections. And you'll know you're doing it right when you go to that person's page and you have to click the message button because the LinkedIn algorithm prefers to show you results um, to show you in results to recruiters that you're most closely connected to. So if you don't have 50 to 100 connections, um, you're far, 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 far away from anybody that the, the algorithm thinks you should be hanging out with, right? Essentially, mm -hmm. you want to be connecting with people that you want to work with. So if you know that there's a particular company that you want to work with or that there's... Um, a uh, uh, industry pro that you would love to work with, uh, definitely connect with that person on LinkedIn. Number one, you're already a first level connection to that person. But two, suddenly you have access to all of their connections and the system is seeing you as more relevant to people in that inner circle, if you will. So I have a couple of questions on this sure. then. Um, is there a maximum number of connections? Like, is there like... Yeah, you've got too many. 
Um, you mean in, in practice or like, is there a cutoff point for LinkedIn? In practice. In practice? I don't think so. Okay. I think um, if you have the time to connect with everybody that you could ever want to on LinkedIn, then you do that. I think that's that's definitely going to serve you more than not serve you. Yeah. The, the other thing that uh, is kind of a corollary to that is, what about people from industries or that you don't like, I, I still have a bunch of connections from when I was in medicine and, you know, a significant portion of my LinkedIn connections when I first got on were doctors because that's what I was doing. Um, I don't think that it hurts you. If you start to see that you're um, being recommended, you know, it's, it's kind of like Facebook. <laughs> when things start showing up in your feed and you're like, what? Where did this come from? It, it, it might be related to that. But if they've been there for a while, you aren't seeing anything weird happen, or you're not being contacted by some random people out of the blue, it's not annoying to you, then I would, I would say definitely um, leave it as is. Having the total number, it's so vain, but having that over 500 number is still a big deal. It signals to people you went out of your way to connect to people that you have friends online. I mean, it's, um, it's absolutely a vanity metric, but people still look at it. I've, I've, yeah. I've got a thousand and sixty three. Yeah. I've got 1148. Nice. So, yeah. yeah. That's why I asked him like, well, is there, cause you're like 50 to a hundred. I'm like, I've been on LinkedIn for a while. Yeah. And it through different industries. Like I, I have, psych people on here. I have sales people on here. I have medical people on here and I have a, a ton of developers and recruiters and stuff on here too. So it's like through years and years, I've just sort of, you know, you, you meet people, especially in a professional capacity. I also have a bunch of like government employee people on here because I, you know, work for the government uh, that aren't in tech, but they're in my industry. So, you know, it's, it's, it slowly grows, um, especially if you you go to a conference and you get out there, you go to meetups and stuff like that. Of course, Will and I, we really promote getting out and doing that. But we also will accept a request from anyone that comes to any of our events. Yeah. And so we've got we've met a lot of people through that. Well, and the other thing I do um, when I speak, especially like at uh, Nashville Software School, like I'm teaching people how to survive mm -hmm. uh, whiteboard interviews is I'm like, hey, connect to me on LinkedIn because I want to see that you're successful. Uh, you know, I want to see it when you when you land the job, you know, and be available if you need to get a hold of me. Yeah, that's fantastic. I think that's um, that's a wonderful use of LinkedIn. I imagine that was the utopia that it was built for. Um, yeah. this, this place that you could really genuinely connect with people and see their success and be a part of their journey. Um, and that's why I say the vanity measure of 500 is just that. It's just vanity. But having a couple hundred people is very good. If, if you're not above 50, um, work on your headline first, use the cheat sheet, and then <laughs> get your connections. So that's the priority. Having those connections is, is still a big deal. And then the other thing, um, make sure you add your email address or other contact information. Um, sometimes it's just easier for somebody to email you directly. And if you're not on LinkedIn all the time, or if you're not in job mode, you're not going to be checking your messages on LinkedIn. So you're going to miss something. And then people might say, oh, well, how could I could contact him another way? And Beach, I think you had said before you have another contact um Am I remembering that correctly? You, you've had your Twitter handle or, or another place where people could contact you? So I have on my LinkedIn, um, 
I've got the podcast website, my personal blog, which honestly, guys, I haven't written in years, and I'm planning on rebranding that uh, to be something else, and uh, then doing a developer blog somewhere uh, at a different site that I own. Uh, and I have my GitHub, which I don't get on as much as I should, email and Twitter. Yeah, so... Yeah, I like that. So an, an array of places, um, if you're in your inbox every day, or if you're on Twitter, you know, nonstop, that might be better. Um, and I think that recruiters especially appreciate having options. Yeah. So uh, that's a good, a good, uh, it's a nice thing to do for them. I'll just say, don't, don't contact me on Twitter if it's time sensitive, um, unless I say I'm going to yeah. check something on Twitter. Uh, like, um, uh, if I say I'm checking the, uh, for messages about water bottles or something like that. I'll definitely be on there. I get on Twitter maybe once a week or less. Um, I'm more, I'm on Facebook and Instagram all the time. So yeah. So maybe you switch that out. Maybe instead of Twitter, you put in Insta. I think I was on Twitter more back when I first was looking for a job that brings us right on into the final one. Mistake number five. Mistake number five in our five mistakes you should not make on LinkedIn is a dull, dull, dull summary. So if you've written an essay on your journey in tech, too bad because nobody's going to read it. Instead, I want you to use this section as like a brand statement that really just paints the picture of your experience and your passion. And the ideal situation is to keep it between 450 and 650 characters. You need to communicate things really quickly. Include things like who you are, what you've done, and what you can do. And in fact, starting with a single sentence that encapsulates your candidacy really would help the hiring manager a lot because it's very likely that one, he or she is just going to read your headline, probably take a look at your headshot, and then read the first sentence in your summary, the first sentence in your first job, and then scroll down. You might catch their eye if you did some of those visual inputs. And then they're going to look at recommendations and those endorsements. So this summary part, even if you get one juicy sentence, it could really make a difference. It could put you in a space where you're much more memorable. And again, this needs to be SEO and keyword rich so we can satisfy the algorithm and to help recruiters who are trying to get to tech people like you with very, very, very specific skills. Yeah, I need to remove some some things from mine. I really don't want to do SSRS <laughs> reports. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I need to take that out of my summary. Uh, but uh, so now I'm just going to have you talk about the differences between our ours, uh, mine and Will's. Mine is developing websites with C-sharp, ASP.NET, and SQL. I'm going to remove the SSRS part on the back end and HTML5, CSS3, and JavaScript on the front end. I have experience working in an agile development environment and on a Scrum team, as well as being a certified Scrum master and certified Scrum developer. I am oh, mine's a lot longer than I thought. Oh, Let's see, how many characters are we up to now? I was just reading the, the first little bit. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not going to keep going, uh, but basically the first paragraph is I co-host Complete Developer Podcast in my free time, experienced in business-to-business sales, healthcare reform, marketing, and supplemental insurance. I bring a unique perspective to the web development community. Then I go in, in the next paragraph, I talk about um, in addition to development interests, 
Uh, I talk about my IoT stuff, and then I talk about motorcycles, hiking, camping, reading, like my hobbies and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think you could definitely condense um, probably those SEO-rich words, um, even in like a paren, after you say a juicy little sentence piece, like um, the part you said, Scrum Master, Developer, and something else. There were like three things that went along with Scrum. So maybe grouping those. And the one that is like most, um, most awesomest is the word that's blocking my brain from the real adjective I want to use. The one that's most impressive <laughs> should go first. <laughs> so if that's um, manager or developer, um, definitely lead with that. Imagine that somebody's going to read, reading from left to right, they get maybe three or four words in. And if you only had those three or four words to hook them to read four or five more, what would you want them to read? And I think that goes back to your idea of, I need to cut out this part. I don't want to do those things anymore. And if there's something that you want to transition into doing more of, definitely keep that in that first sentence in some way. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I was going for the, the keywords, the C sharp, ASP.net, and then the, the other stuff in that first sentence. Uh, and then I actually, that was what I had on there originally. Then as I got those certifications, I added them that, which they're already like, they're listed uh, in my uh, up at the top in my headline as, you know, the initials, but uh, yeah. So, I mean, someone that knows what they're looking for would, would know what those are. Right. So looking at wills. Yeah. It's entirely uh, tech stack specific because I haven't um, edited that probably since 2012. And see, with with yeah. you working on the book, Will, you probably want to focus on that now. You want that to be the very first yeah. sentence. Um, that and the podcasting and all the other stuff. Right. Right. Speaking. Right. All of those things should really be prominent. And maybe even for you, Beach, you might want to think about like the, the super tech, tech, techie piece and then um, connect it to th- these, I want to say they're kind of like leadership qualities because they're above and beyond your job. And they also show that you take this initiative. I mean, working on the podcast, giving speeches, all of those things should definitely be in that summary. But I also like that you said you talked about motorcycles. Like, I think that's very um, memorable. And my eye would catch that if it were in the lower right, because I would read the first few things on the top left then I would skim down and I'd probably see the word motorcycle. So if your last sentence, if there's some way to end it with da 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 motorcycle, <laughs> that would probably get you like some really good attention. And it's a really great conversation starter um, because recruiters don't just want to ask you about tech stuff, right? It would be nice to say, hey, I saw that you're a scrum manager and you ride bikes. Man, that's cool. Tell me about your favorite, you know, your favorite ride or your, the best pass or something like that. That makes sense. Um, I know when I interviewed for my first job uh, as a developer, my boss, we sat and talked about podcasting for a good 20 or 30 minutes because he was looking to start a podcast. Um, and then we sat and geeked out. Like it did not feel like an interview at all because we, we talked about podcasting and then we geeked out about um, tech. And I left and I'm like, well, that was really weird. Um, what I found out later from um, one of my coworkers is that my boss came out really excited. He's like, this guy's awesome. We got to get him. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and totally. It, we, 
again, they're, they're testing to see if they want to be stuck with you in any right, port. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's great that you know how to technically do the work, but do I like you? <laughs> <laughs> That's a really important part. I mean, we spend more time with people at work than we do with our families. Yeah. So it's likability is important. And you've got to show that in your LinkedIn profile. That's why your summary can't be a dull, dull, dull list. It can't be yeah, um, Will. this... This this space where you just drop stuff. Well, it's literally a list. In the market for a job, (laughs) it's really really important to clean that up. When I wrote that, um, I had gotten when I wrote that I had gotten downsized, like surprise downsized, and you know was scrambling and fixing stuff, and you know I haven't touched it since. I know it's um, just fun to pick on you about it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's and not it's that you you need to fix. update it to find a job because you know you're yeah you've got well a good it job worked now. as it as it was it still worked <laughs> yeah that's true that's very very true. <laughs> so guys, um, we want to thank Amber for coming on and sharing these mistakes and their solutions with us. I know since the very first time we had her on. Um, or, I know since the very first attempt at recording this episode, we've both made some updates uh, to our profiles, but obviously we found a couple more things this time around that we could do to improve our own profiles. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking about some ways that I can, I can work on mine to make it even better. These common mistakes are not to say that your profile is bad or that you haven't put in a lot of effort on creating a good profile. I mean, we were picking on Will a little bit earlier, but you know, he he did put in a lot of effort and he does have a very good profile. Uh, he he has a solid job and and things. They're here to show you how to better your professional image on social media, specifically LinkedIn. As platforms come and go, you'll be able to use these no matter the job site or social media network that you find yourself using. So take a moment and review your profile for these common errors that people make. And as a reminder, we are doing a Patreon drive. So for everyone at the $5 or above level, basically, if you're in our Facebook group, we'll have a Facebook Live where Amber will give away a LinkedIn makeover. To be entered to win the LinkedIn makeover, all you have to do is become a $5 or above donor on our Patreon before next Thursday, April 11th, 2019. If you're already a $5 or above donor, by increasing your donation, you can be entered to win as well. Now, the live makeover will be scheduled later in the month. The exact date will be announced in the Facebook group once the winner has been notified and we've set aside a time where they can get on with us. So best of luck to you guys. Uh, that pretty much wraps us up before we close everything out. Will, what do you have for us this week for Tricks of the Trade? Well, um, yeah, I know a lot of people are are going to listen to the LinkedIn stuff and go, okay, well, what value does this have, right? Like if they're not looking for a job or anything like that, or even if they are looking for a job, you know, how does the higher salary actually make the world better? And here's the thing. If, if you manage to do better, you have more opportunities, right? So you can actually help other people. So if you build up your career to the point where, okay, I'm, you know, I'm a lead developer, I, you know, in a managerial position, I'm, you know, a thought leader or whatever. That doesn't mean that you're going to be a bad person. It means that you are set up so that you can actually help other people. You can make other people's lives better. Um, so you don't necessarily have to look at this as, okay, this is just money. 
Uh, it's not. It's opportunity. It's personal growth. It's the ability to help other people realize their potential as well. So don't leave this stuff on the table thinking that, hey, this is not for me. It, it is for you. You can make your entire world better and make the people around you better. And that's pretty much all I got. If you have a question or comment, please email us at neckbeards at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Our theme music is an excerpt from Stand By for Titanfall by Pure Bells, available on SoundCloud and licensed through Creative Commons. The intro music for IOTs is Hillbilly Hip Hop by Jason Belcher. For references, show notes, and to sign up for weekly emails with extra tips and insights, be sure to check out the website at completedeveloperpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at CompleteDevPod and like our page on Facebook to keep up with news about the show. Catch us each week as we broadcast live, talking about what's going on in the tech world and answering listener questions. Learn more about all of our shows and groups by going to CompleteDevelopernetwork.com where you'll find links to Junior Developer Toolbox, Developer Launchpad, and our other communities. Thanks for listening. See you next time.